A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Oh my gosh, Shelby. Yeah. I have missed you. <laughs> it has been, I think, a week since we have recorded. Or two weeks since we've recorded a Swiftish episode. So welcome back, Shelby. Thank you. I know. I had to I had to take a breather, I guess. I went on vacation. So um uh, this pain will not be forevermore. <laughs> like, right. You know, I almost forgot how to enter our podcast. I'm sure people were like, <laughs> is this Swiftish podcast? Well, it is. And as you know, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. Yeah. If you didn't catch me saying her name twice beforehand, we are <laughs> it's still so... me. Right. It's still you. Like, you're not Ashley this week, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just, I'm excited that, that we're back and I hope you had a great Mother's Day and birthday. Oh my goodness. I know. I like forgot Mother's Day was a thing for me now. I, I was like, I rolled over and I was like, wait, this is my first Mother's Day. Like, what did you get me, Rob? He, he'd forgotten too, but it's fine. Uh, We recovered. (laughs) I was like, what did he get you? you?" Yeah. (laughs) My dogs got me some roses. Oh, so sweet. I, I don't know how they went out and paid for it, but know, that was the cutest corgis, effort. They figure things out. They got to do what they got to do. They do. For me to keep them around, they are, yeah. they're a bit much sometimes. They're actually, so Pablo and Timo, as a lot of you know, they have their issues and they fight yeah. a lot. And yeah. we sent them to training about two years ago, <laughs> couples therapy, and it changed our lives. But they're kind of starting up again, and so I sent them back to round two of couples therapy because we're hoping to have a kid within the next year. And I was yes. like, I do not want my dogs to try and attack me <laughs> and have my kid as a casualty, and then I'll have to give my kid away. I don't yeah. want that to happen. <laughs> exactly. You have to. You have to be forward planning like that. So yes, definitely. Then, so you know, it was your first Mother's Day, and you were celebrating your thirtieth birthday. Yes, 30, Ugh. the big 3-0. Um, it was good. It was pretty uneventful. I mean, it wasn't uneventful because I was in Utah. I got to see all my family again yeah. after 15 months apart for the most part. And um, my sister graduated law school the same day. So we had a big get-together celebration. And um, yeah, I got I got home this week and it's just been playing catch-up ever since. So I felt totally un disconnected from all things Taylor, all things Swiftish. So I'm excited to get back into it. But I really, I was like rushing to do some notes today about the song. And then I was like, oh, I didn't even like think about what Taylor has been up to or what the fandom has been saying these last two weeks. So I don't know what I've... (laughs) So I have been super busy at work and we have, so I run for those who don't know, I'm a recruiting coordinator at a big law firm and I run their summer associate program. So I hire them and then I run the program. We do all these events (laughs) and it starts on Monday. So I've been like just glued to my computer, planning events, checking my, my Instagram every now and then. And you know, like, so there might be some huge things that like came about that we might not report on, <laughs> but Taylor did release another chapter, two chapters this yes. past two weeks. I don't know if Back you got the, the news. Chapter game. I, know. I did. I saw. Yeah, I mean, so. 
My <laughs> husband sent it to me. He's like, OMG, an EP. And I was like, no, these are just old songs that she yeah. just released on the Fearless Taylor's version. And he's like, well, why did she repackage them? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe she's I trying wish to get I understood. more lessons. <laughs> maybe she's trying to get more lessons. Because yeah, she's doing maybe. great. Like, she's really, like, chart topping. She was chart topping for weeks. I don't know what she's doing right now with Fearless, but... It's great. There's rumors, though. There are rumors that um, someone had released some statement. Rolling Stones had said that Taylor had written, like, over, I don't know, 100, (laughs) if not more. It could be more. Over, like, 105, 505, I don't know. I don't know how – the first number that came to my head when I was going to say it was 805 songs. (laughs) I was like, that's too much. I'm pretty sure it was 100 that the tweet said at least, which is still a ridiculous number. It's a ridiculous number. And the tweet also said – I think it was like pop news. I don't know. That (laughs) it is rumored that there's going to be 13 additional vault songs on 1989. You know, I'd welcome that. I think um, it was a creative period, but she rightfully was a little self-conscious about the length of red and that mm-hmm. the like issue around the sonic cohesiveness of that. And so I think she did, you know, limit the pop return because 13 songs is a lot harder to criticize than 19 songs as we've seen in her larger album. So it would make sense that she had more she expected to put on the album, but ultimately was like, no, let's stick with 13. It's a clever number. It's an easy package. I'm switching genres. Like let's just do the best of the best, the cream of the crop and like really just highlight this move to pop. Um, And then again, that was the album that people cite some of their favorite songs as the bonus tracks like Wonderland and and New Romantic. So she clearly had a lot she was working with then. And I think um, her later albums just showed how good she was at pop. And I'd be interested to see what she what she put on the back burner there. Do I think 13 songs sounds like a lot? Yeah, but I'd welcome it. (laughs) So I think 13 songs, if that's it, is a great number because 1989 is so like, it was released a while ago, but it's still relevant. People still like her songs. It's not like a, it's pop. It's not country music. It's nothing that really, you know, she had her strong vocals already. Nothing she really needs to like improve upon, although she could, and I'm excited to see how (laughs) she does. But the 13 songs is going to get what people get people coming to yeah. to buy that and i think that yeah. that's a great marketing move on her part mm-hmm. yeah and she's and, and she's been teasing 1989 <laughs> and everyone's like so taylor was at the brits and she got yes. the global icon award which is you know how could we not report on that and a yeah. lot of people were seeing like the photos she had posted with that like beautiful crop top everyone was like oh this is red vibes because of her hair oh this is Mm -hmm. uh fearless vibes because of like i guess the purple outfit and everyone and then everyone was like no it's 1989 and i'm kind of at the point like we know 1989 is coming out um the that one song i cannot think of what song (laughs) is wildest wildest dreams is um is like we got i think this week the longer version of wildest dreams like (laughs) i don't know how i haven't listened to it yet and zoe's extraordinary playlist they they did shake it off on sunday which was great and there's all these signs and she's been like she like basically threw it in our face in that interview and so I'm, I'm just Are confused. we calling it an interview? I don't know. And I don't know what it was. An <laughs> Easter egg hunt. Um, 
you know, like she's throwing it in her face. Why are people still like, I know it's 1989. And why are people arguing about what next album's coming out? I think it's more, yes, 1989 is next. But I think what was provocative about the Brits look is that it very much was red hair, like mm-hmm. red era, Taylor hair lipstick the look over the shoulder matched almost identically the album of red and so it's less is red next and more oh she's working on red now is how I took it and I feel like um I feel like again this has just reiterated my (laughs) my perspective on the Taylor Swift Easter egg debacle because again I think you know, May 14th or whatever it is, came and went without any update except for if you count this chapter release. And everyone had been like and studying. Signed, we also had signed um, <laughs> yeah, Evermore CDs. Signed, yeah, you're right. Um, but everyone had read into the skit with Stephen Colbert and counted stars and hearts and did some sort of math equation to say, oh, this is when 1989 is coming out. Whereas I just think, again, that Taylor Mm -hmm. works on a much more obvious plane than we are (laughs) allowing her to exist on. And to her, the joke was like, 1989, New York, isn't that fun? And instead, we're like reading way too into it and are just, it's just ridiculous. And so to me, Taylor's nod on the Brits wasn't like, oh, they've got to count the trees and Mm -hmm. the leaves and the holes in the fences and they'll figure out the date it's more look I'm in my red era hair isn't that fun and I just think (laughs) I think that's the level we need to look at Taylor's clues going forward is just what's the most obvious and that's the only takeaway we need to worry about (laughs) I'm here for that I don't have time for the bigger takeaway four years ago I did now I just don't have time for that but that was my thought too I'm like oh so she's releasing 1989 next and she's in the she's in the studio right now doing red yeah that's very (laughs) obvious like you said she like wears the easter eggs like on her shoulder so everyone can (laughs) see but they're all looking at like oh like how many like how many teeth is she showing in her smile? Like, <laughs> yeah. It just it's it's a it's a bit much, yeah. but it's also entertaining. But <laughs> Taylor also like speaking of the Brits, did you read her yes. her speech at all? Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, um, it was, I guess people got mad because it was scripted. But I was like, this wasn't like a surprise award. She went there knowing she was getting this icon award. Okay, so yeah, it was scripted. But I also really liked the beginning where she was just so nonchalant talking about like um, how excited she was that Maisie, who's a big Taylor Swift fan, and she's a big Game of Thrones fan. So just like she was like very candid at at the beginning, and I was like, oh yeah, this is Taylor, this is Taylor. And then it went (laughs) into being scripted, but I thought it was a great message about like if you're meeting resistance now, if you're doing if you're having turbulence, if you have pressure, you're probably rising. And I thought that yeah. was a great, a great nod to her career, how she became a global icon, and a great advice for everybody else. Yeah, I loved her ending when she said, um, "Like people can judge you all they want and say what they want about you, but you have every right to prove them wrong." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, oh, yes!" Like tattoo yeah. that on my rib cage. It's just a great no. I. <laughs> I really think Taylor's a good writer and you can't fault her for having her thoughts prepared. And I don't know if a lot of people were mad about it. I just saw some like bro-ish dude who revealed that there was a, um, what is it? 
teleprompter. My brain. Yeah, a teleprompter. And he was like, Bleh. and I was like, what's the big reveal here? It wasn't an award that she was supposed to be surprised about. It was yeah. a moment for her to say her piece about being a global icon. Come on. And Come she also on. spent time with Olivia Rodrigo, met mm-hmm. her, and um, that kissy photo was so cute. Yeah. And I guess you shared that, and I haven't verified this. I don't know if you did, but that I don't know. Taylor Swift and anything? Jack Antonoff are on a track for Olivia Rodrigo? So not on a track. Oh, okay. <laughs> she sampled her her um, New Year's Day music. Oh, okay. And so a lot of people were freaking out at first because Olivia Rodrigo has an album coming out, a new one. We, like, we all know that. Good for you. All these singles are dropping. All the music mm-hmm. videos are dropping. So she sampled New Year's Day, so like the melody right. of New Year's Day. And so she credited Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff. And you, you have to really acknowledge my um, – I don't know what it's called – my I don't know I'm always very quick with like sharing all these 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 things like if you guys follow our Instagram I share I shared a photo of Taylor Swift in an outfit Ellie Golding wore a few years ago and I was like oh look at that side boob oh is that hint is that tattoo and it was photoshopped so I clearly photoshopped too I loved it I I was like Shelby's like that um, was no. a great birthday surprise when I opened the Instagram and I saw that I was like this is the worst photoshop job I've ever seen but I you're love like it. Ashley no we're we're disabling <laughs> your access to this Instagram account so no, the first tweet journey. the first tweet the first post that I saw today was oh my gosh Jack Taylor and um, Olivia wrote a song together and there was like a little clip of like who like who wrote it and who produced it and yeah. Taylor and Jack was there and I kind of like read the comments I read I stopped I breathed I catched my breath and I read yeah. and everyone was talking about how it's just sampling and so then I saw another post that kind of went into more detail if you looked at the photo and I shared it but I think it's mm, cute because word, Taylor yeah. I mean Taylor's been given this opportunity really assists younger stars in growing and in rising. And Olivia Rodrigo is also under her same album, UMG. And she's mm-hmm. owning all of her the rights to her music, which is great. Like, it's such a great role model, model for, for Olivia. And she had just recently said that, uh, I think, I don't know who she was talking to, but she said she would love to be on a Speak Now song. <laughs> and she... She says that she's so excited. She's going to own her own masters, but she'll maybe she'll do some kind of vault thing later on in her career. And she said, maybe I'll do a vault thing when I'm Taylor Swift's age. <laughs> and I, that just reminded me about how young Olivia is and how we're in our 30s. And now people are like, when I'm your age, I'll own a dog. When I'm your yeah. age, I'll own a car. Or like when I'm your age, like it's so weird to have. Taylor Swift, who we think of as just like a young American pop star, she's this woman who has taught the music industry so much and is like yeah. teaching and being mentors <laughs> to younger people. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because Olivia Rodrigo grew up on Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Taylor's been doing this for 13 years and Olivia is 18 years old, so from the time like that's the age I like got my first album I think which was in sync and so this has been Olivia's whole life is looking up to Taylor Swift and and loving Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift 
probably inspired her to make music of her own. And so it's interesting to think that this is just the beginning of seeing that generation that's been raised on Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh. Um, realizing like what they can do and, and, and seeing what they, what they do based on Taylor Swift's influence. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Olivia has been taking a lot of pages out of Taylor Swift's journal. She's been doing a lot of Easter eggs in Mm -hmm. her posts, in her music video. People are kind of like pulling it apart and like, oh, she's making a reference to um, Mandy Moore. She's taking a reference to here. Like, uh, and it's just really crazy how she is really gaining this momentum because she's taking a page out of Taylor Swift's journal. Mm -hmm. It's, are you a Olivia Rodrigo fan or oh, yeah. who put her I, on your radar for you? Um, Driver's License. Just, I think uh, that okay. song was a huge song and that's when I first heard about her because I never watched High School Musical, the musical, the jukebox, the dream box yeah. <laughs> series. No, I never watched. I tried to watch it. I couldn't get into it. Um, so I'd never heard of her before, but Driver's License was such a huge song. I loved yeah. it. It instantly transported me to an age I have no business revisiting, but um, <laughs> then I really love Deja Vu. I think Deja Vu is such a good song. Mm-hmm. Good for you. I was less into just because I'm kind of past that Paramore phase, you know, like yeah, I definitely think in Paramore. high school I loved it. Yeah. And everyone was saying that like someone mashed up, um, was it, I did something bad, like the mm, music yeah. behind I did something bad and good for you and they masked it up and I was like okay yeah but that wasn't the first thing that I thought of when I heard the (laughs) song like it fit it was Paramore and like I was thinking Paramore Paramore. not good for you the rest of the day (laughs) yeah (laughs) like even trying to think of the song good for you I just have that Paramore song in my head and I just am like yeah high school angst yes but I'm happy for her I'm really excited for her album I think it comes out this weekend um sour and um I think it'll be a treat. What are her fans called? Do we know? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. Um, Maybe they should be called Club Olivia. (laughs) Oh, they should be called Club Olivia. I'm at the point where at first when everyone was talking about Olivia, 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 I was thinking of Olivia, Taylor Swift's cat. (laughs) And now now I'm kind of like, okay, this is Olivia. Like, which which Olivia? Yeah. Swifty's talking about right now. (laughs) now i'm up to speed now i'm up to speed (laughs) yeah exactly um but i'm excited um to see how she does i'm excited to see when we get 1989 because clearly we were way off on the math whatever people were doing and the fact that wildest dreams the horse version taylor's version has come out version is pretty interesting (laughs) um they obviously cut out all the all the um implicit moments in that song and mm-hmm. um you know no mention of clothes in a room or <laughs> hands on hips it's really just the chorus and the um I don't even know if they have the bridge in it but did you like Blog. the song cover did you notice differences um honestly I've not because of what it was released this week I have not listened to it I've been listening to closure this whole week well That's all I've been one listening of our, to one of our listeners um had some thoughts about it and I was gonna read what it they here, say? so let me pull it up tell me because then I'll go listen to it I'm a fake Swifty <laughs> definitely a fake Swifty right now okay Tanya she she said that she's a huge wildest dream stand that she listens to it literally every day which I understand oh. it's a great song um and so she's admittedly memorized almost every little detail of them and so she 
says she overanalyzed this spirit untamed wildest dreams taylor's version (laughs) and said that she noticed that the heartbeat is gone which i listened to and i thought i heard it but i haven't gone back to listen to the original wildest dreams to like compare but i guess the heartbeat is gone or the volume is the the volume is the heartbeat's gone but it's like still made to sound like her heartbeat through the volume of the beat and that the the way she sings that ah you know that like wildest dreams is much more front and center and instead of the fade out in the original where she kind of goes the high note is kind of far away probably because taylor didn't have the strength necessarily um now it's much more loud and and (laughs) settled and so it takes away from that like sexy like <laughs> um maybe possibly orgasmic um sort of release of the first. <laughs> I mean that's where my mind always goes to. So I'm glad that you said it and yeah. I did it cuz that's a, I, I, okay. I'm not the one being naughty this episode you guys. It, yeah. It shall be. Yeah, I know. But I um it'll be interesting to see how it compares because they, she did do some things on the 1999 album where she did a lot of those like she used her actual heartbeat like it's a credited well, thing on her album and she like, can't use her heartbeat from wildest dreams because she doesn't own that heartbeat <laughs> just to make a yeah. new one you're right it's like what it could it be authentic if it was today's heartbeat and not the 2014's heartbeat mm-hmm. um I don't know. yeah so that was some things that tanya noticed so She's she was a little disappointed, but obviously we remain hopeful for how the album will play out. And honestly, yeah. I need I need a new album. Like, sorry, Taylor, that you made us think that we deserve music every few months, but like <laughs> you made it. Yeah, Hello? it's her fault. Come on. Uh, so speaking of fans, we actually got an email from James, one of our listeners, and he is actually going through and he's been listening to us since the beginning so he's heard like every single episode but right now he's going back and re-listening i can't talk re-listening kind of how taylor Swift is re-recording he's re-listening to all of our old episodes (laughs) and it kind of makes me like a little nervous for him because i don't know what to expect because i don't know what i said but i'm excited (laughs) for him to do this and Speaking of which, you know, he was actually wondering if we had to choose one album of Taylor's to listen to for the rest of our lives, what album would you choose? Mm. I think my instinct is to say 1989. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I haven't gone back and listened to 1989 in quite a while. I don't know. Maybe red just because of the variety and the mm-hmm. num- the amount. Yeah. I'd say it's yeah. a toss-up between those two. <laughs> um, I'm going to say probably reputation. Just oh, my, right now, today. Plot who, twist. <laughs> who I am right now today, it's reputation because I could re-relive the reputation era because that's yeah. my favorite era because that's when this podcast started. That's when like I went to so it's many different times. concerts. It was just a really fun time in my life and I really credit that to Taylor Swift and to you. So it's going <laughs> to be you. reputation. It was so fun. I know. Reputation so is a blast and I I've re-listened to that album and I was like, you know what? This is a good album. So yeah. 
That's it's a, a great answer. Album. You can listen to Reputation when we're together, and I'll give you the red okay. flavor when we're together. <laughs> oh, and that would complete my life because yeah. it's hard for me to give up red too. Exactly. It'd Very hard for me to give worlds. up red. <laughs> he also is obsessed with our introduction, which lovely shall be made. He said uh, the yes. Shake It Off theme is so amazing, and the what just happened is just <laughs> great. Not only does he re-listen to our episodes, but he also said he re-re-rewinds. I can't talk. I can't do the re-re-re-re. He re-rewinds every time, um, and he starts listening to the to the introduction over and over again. <laughs> which I don't think people give our introduction enough credit. Thank it you. Is yeah, I worked amazing. hard on it. I stole you- a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> Don't tell people that. I think it's fine. I think it's legal, though, because okay. it's less than, like, 15 seconds or whatever. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, so. But it's great. And also, if you – our podcast came out before Taylor Swift's uh, concert, yes. and she stole our idea. Yeah, speaking of thievery, yeah. Yeah, she stole our idea. We should sue her because she stole <laughs> our idea for Reputation, the beginning video. Uh, yes, I know. She was inspired, and for that yeah. I'm grateful. But if she could just write us a note saying, like, thank you, then that'd be yeah. fine. Invite me to her house, make up yeah, for Yeah, we it. don't ask that much. I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Um, but before we get into the song, we want to take a minute and talk about our sponsor, Olive and June. Um, if you're anything like me, you love doing your nails, but that doesn't mean you're great at doing your nails. <laughs> um, whether it's the paint chipping, getting old, gunky, not going on smooth, or the fact that I have an unsteady hand that means messy nail beds and smudges all day, every day. It was a vicious cycle. And then suddenly I discovered Olive and June. Their Manny system is the answer to salon perfect nails, all from the comfort of your own home. This polish lasts seven plus days, chip free. And with their Manny system, each at-home manicure comes to just about $2 a pop, which compared to the $40 I was spending on a gel manicure at the salon, this is the gift that keeps on giving. So if you like painting your nails, if you're bad at painting your nails, if you're even curious about painting your nails, then Olive and June is the perfect system to check out. It comes with all the tools you need in one box, from a file to a buffer to a detail brush and a magic polish remover pot. Um... It's a dream come true. Plus, you get six polishes with each kit. You get to customize which colors, choose from their curated selection. Plus, they have a patented brush handle called the Poppy that makes it easy to paint with both of your hands. So treat yourself. Take that at-home self-care moment. And just for our favorite listeners, we're giving you 20% off your first Manny system when you use the promo code SWIFTISH. Go to oliveandjune.com, pick your Manny kit and colors, and use SWIFTISH for 20% off. We're done with expensive manicures. That is so 2020. So head on over to Olive in June and see what the hype is about because we promise that you'll love it. But um, should we get into this song? I we feel should. Like, I feel like it's time. You know, we can't talk about this forevermore. Yeah, yeah. So now we'll go into our <laughs> song of the week, which is, which song? Anyone shocked? Evermore. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I feel like our randomization has obviously favored Evermore just because there's more tracks from that. Yeah. Um. So every time it happens, I'm like, oh, we just did it Evermore track. But I, I, I understand logically why that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm excited for this one. I feel like it's uh, it's one that I didn't like at first, but I've really come to love. Um, this is obviously the the title track, but also the final track on Evermore. It was written by Taylor Swift and William Bowery. <laughs> 
um, who's also credited for playing the piano on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it features Boney Vare or Justin Vernon, if you're getting literal. Um, it's also one of our more experimental ones with sort of a weird uh, melody change halfway through. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, how did you feel about this when you first heard it? Um, it, so it was definitely the last track of the album and it's yeah. very slow. Like you, you, you come into like this very like, and it's beautiful and it's, but it's slow and it's late at night <laughs> and I was just could not give it the credit it deserved, like, okay. <laughs> you know, and I was also really thrown off on when Bon Iver comes in at, in the middle. Mm-hmm. because I'm not familiar with his work beforehand like his his yeah uh, with his work I'm not familiar with his work I know him from exile with yeah. that deep voice that I just like wanted to mm. melt into every single time <laughs> I listened to that song so it definitely was like a different listen and when Taylor's singing this this like really soft slow depressive melody then you have Bonavere who comes in with his falsetto, which <laughs> I have no idea, but that's that's his main that's what he that's his main style. That's how he usually yeah. sings. And so that's why when people listen to Exile, who are big Bonavere song bands, they're like, Oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah. But this one, everyone's like, This reversed. is this is the Justin that we know we love. <laughs> and so Slipties were thrown for a curve, and a lot of people like you, it took him a while to kind of like really love the song. But, you know, I, I like it. I didn't like it at first because it kind of just yeah. threw me for an edge on the the middle of the song. It was very jarring. Like, whoa, yeah. these two sounds are so different. Yeah. When you think about it and you analyze the meaning of the songs, you kind of really realize what Taylor Swift did there with having this yeah. depressive lyrics and sound. And then you have Justin Vernon come in with like, this more upbeat, hopeful sound singing about like, hey, you know, what he does. Like, can we put a pause? Let's let's be tall again. Let's, you know, let's move on. Let's grow. Let's, you know, find a, a line to cross. But it just definitely was – it was different at first. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I know. I wanted a version without Bon Iver just because I really do love like that the melody and the sound and Taylor's voice in her Mm -hmm. part of the song. And I can totally appreciate, like you said, how it works together. And now I have a lot of respect for the song and can enjoy it, but I still sometimes will find myself when this comes on shuffle, just hoping it'll end right there after the second verse chorus. And, um, I, I really do enjoy it. And I feel like, um, I feel like it's one that, uh, you know, it, it works. I um, Taylor talked about this one with Zane Lowe a little bit, where she said that it happened the same way it did with Exile, where Joe just happened to write it on the piano. What a, what a musician. And, um, and she based her vocal on that piano piece, and then they sent it to Justin, who wrote the bridge. And so that bridge is where it is that sort of more chaotic um, tempo and that sort of anxiety inducing um duet and so um that it was sort of it did become sort of this co-writing experience where they he added that piece and it reminded her of like being shipwrecked and so she wrote went back and wrote this idea of of that narrative piece and so that's sort of the journey um 
I think it's also interesting she mentioned that the inspiration for this song, while most of Evermore, she removed even, she went even further from her personal life and just focused on fictional tales with like no body, no crime and tolerate Mm -hmm. it and all this sort of stuff that's very clearly not about her. This is one track that she admits was personal. Mm -hmm. And she cited, obviously, the, she didn't say it explicitly, but just talking about her personal. career experience and and that 2016 Taylor Swift is over party that she's revisited in every album since and was clearly a traumatic time for her but also she mentioned how it did it was inspired from her feelings around the 2020 election in November and feeling like things might not go well and that anxiety that 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 whole fall brought about which hashtag relatable (laughs) and I think that it does a great job because she had Justin write the bridge I think Justin came out of it from a different like you said a a different side and I think he's looking at it as like a 2020 corona way too Mm -hmm. whereas Taylor came at it from like both sides I feel like Justin's bridge really goes really heavily into last summer and a Mm -hmm. lot of people they never really thought of I mean, they must have not read that quote that you you just said or anything like that. But a lot of people just are very uh, gung-ho that this is about 2016. This is about 2016. Yeah. But it's really about like both, like you said. And I think she does a really good job, too, about you know talking about politics in the song. Because not only in 2016 did, you know, Taylor Swift, the reputation, like – era began because of that but you had the election of 2016 as well like not only did it all start going wrong because of Kanye and Kim but we also had the election that divided our country and it's really like a a poignant song about oh how I don't know how how people (laughs) like we just became a depressive state really (laughs) yeah it's been a long time coming yeah Yeah. And I, um, I, I really want to say, you know how people say relatable AF, like ir- relatable as fuck? I really think that we should just start saying relatable TS because we <laughs> always talk about how Taylor yeah. is related AF. Like this is Taylor Swift relatable. Yes, so it very much saying. is. Um, yeah. Should we get into the lyrics? Yeah, we should. Okay, perfect. I think I'm reading. You are, um, thankfully. Let me pull these up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my notes are all over the place so I'm going to try and track which one's verse one versus chorus and whatnot so it starts out gray November I've been down since July motion capture put me in a bad light I replay my footsteps on each stepping stone trying to find the one where I went wrong writing letters addressed to the fire Um, that's the first verse and I really love it I think I think she does a beautiful job here of allowing the imagery to really feel um sort of generic but but like you can put your own spin on it mm-hmm. and um also allowing for those little details that feel personal to her um but i really really like this idea of the um motion capture put me in a bad light i know on ps you're wrong my podcast with matt that you were on he talked about how this seemed like an an acknowledgement of cats the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> because motion <laughs> capture um which i don't think she's necessarily citing here i don't think she cares about cats at all to the point that it would send her on a depressive spiral but to me it felt more like a way of saying like she's being tracked like the obsession the obsessive nature of being 
followed and viewed and seen through so many lenses, especially during that summer of 2016, when it was like overexposure on every angle. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the famous gate, the music video for famous, the Snapchat gate, which is like another, another visual, um, insight into Taylor, the, the paparazzi constantly hounding her about her breakup with, um, oh my gosh, what is his name? <laughs> Wait, Chris? No. Um, who's the DJ? Oh, Calvin. Calvin. I was like, <laughs> I've seen too many fake names for him. What is it? Calvin Harris. And like, then again with Tom, Tom Hiddleston <laughs> and all his all of Tom Hiddleston's co-stars joking about this relationship and everyone mm. asking questions about it. Like it was just, there was so much. It's yeah. like motion capture is the only way to describe it because literally every single move was being tracked by her. Yeah. Like every single twitch of the eyebrow, hand on the, hand on the glass, like every single angle was being analyzed, talked mm-hmm. about and discussed whether that was by paparazzi media, um, Twitter us. personalities, us. Yeah, it was just, it was a lot. And it, every single thing just added to this bad mm-hmm. picture for Taylor. Like no one liked her except for Can us. you imagine, you know, because I've made, I've made lots of mistakes. You made lots of mistakes. People just generally when you make these mistakes and you kind of see like things shift from going great to, to worse, you kind of replay like everything in your head of yeah. what happened. And yeah. you you can really in your head you're like okay and you can talk it through with people but taylor swift is like can go online and she can like track where it all went wrong and it's just crazy to think that she's at that that place in her mind where it will never go away because you can google taylor swift 2016 (laughs) and her bad light's gonna pop up and it's gonna be it's just it's sad i really didn't think about that until i was going over the song it's like oh a price to pay for for fame yeah and I mean yeah this idea that she's talked about like how it's hard for her to let things go and like I replay my footsteps on each stepping stone like like she is watching everything she's analyzing that highlight reel and being like whoa was I wrong for this was I wrong for that and I really like how she says writing letters addressed to the fire because that was sort of her energy in the 2016 and its aftermath was like she couldn't let it go and she kept having to revisit it and she wrote songs about it and she was literally fueling the fire because every time she addressed it, whether it was in a, a, you know, PR release about, about famous or whether it was in, this is why we can't have nice things or whether it was on tour when she talked about like national snake day, Anytime she mentioned her life story, it became another story. And so Mm -hmm. she was literally fueling the fire. She was writing these letters thinking it would like justify and heal her. But it was it was just addressed to the fire. It was just it it was just doing nothing but but creating more of a smoke show around it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, 2016. Do you think that there will become a time in Taylor Swift's life where We'll be like, okay, Taylor, 2016 was terrible for you, but we're four years, five years ahead. We're (laughs) 10, 20 years. Like, why are you still writing songs about this? I mean, I think honestly, a lot of people started to feel that with obviously reputation. It's like, you're playing the victim. Like, can you just move on? And then again, with Lover, it's like, you keep saying that, you know, I forgot that you existed, but you clearly haven't because you're writing a song about it. Like, Mm -hmm. hello. 
But I do feel like what's interesting about this song is that, yes, there's these hints of her personal life and that, but it reveals like a much deeper trauma than just how come you guys didn't like me? And like, you guys are mean, so I'm going to be mean back and I'm over it and you guys just suck and I don't need you in my life. And this instead is like a much more raw look at what that sort of where she was mentally and that like the mental health crisis that she was reeling from, even if it looked more superficial to people on the sidelines, like this feels like a much more raw take on it. And um, similar to how, mirror ball or this is me trying felt less sensational and more emotional this does allow people I think to understand that oh yeah this was kind of a big deal like imagine what that would have felt like and Mm -hmm. that kind of lostness yeah because this song obviously goes into depression and it kind of reminds me of Miss Americano when you see that you, you see her emotions flash across her face like face like why don't people like me you can she talks about going through struggles and the song she really opens up about like depression and she's just like you know maybe my life was entertainment for you but I was living it mm-hmm. and you might want me to like stop talking about it but this really changed the course of my life yeah and like you you just can't say hey Taylor forget about that that pivotal moment in your life and your career where everything changed your, you know, the trajectory of where you're going was just halted and you had to go and get out of sight so people can, so you could have your life back. Mm. And so it's kind of like, you know, people might be over it, but she's still creating beautiful work and I, and she's probably still learning from her mistakes back then learning, you know, who she should trust and not trust. It's, it's a lifetime I think of really working through depression yeah and she does a a good job of highlighting that in her chorus where she Mm -hmm. says and I was catching my breath staring out an open window catching my death and I couldn't be so sure I had a feeling so peculiar that this pain would be forevermore Mm -hmm. and like that's honestly like a really (laughs) you know relatable um feeling and and it is kind of a a relief to hear someone at her stature sing something like that because it's like, oh yeah, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And um, this idea that you're trying to catch your breath, but you're also doing something unhealthy and, and wallowing in this like open window, catching mm-hmm. your death at the same time. It's, it's that struggle of, of wanting to move on, but not knowing how to let go. And, um, and that, that idea, this like, the theme of the song I had a feeling so peculiar that this pain would be forevermore that's like gut-wrenching because I don't know I've been there personally where it's like oh my gosh like realizing you're in a depressive state doesn't mean that you can suddenly snap out of it instead Mm -hmm. you just feel really buried by it yeah like as soon as you kind of feel like you've you're in that depressive state and you realize it like you said it buries you and you just as soon as you're de- you see, you know you're depressed, it's like I can't get up from this. Like there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have really pulled from this album and the song particularly about depression because, it, like you said, it's so relatable. People have talked about you know their miscarriages they've gone through, divorces they've gone through, and how this really put them back into that moment mm-hmm. um, forever, like evermore. Like you, because you know that's the, the title, evermore of the this this track and a lot of people when they were thinking when the track list was released like oh evermore it's gonna be a happy song it's gonna be like about princesses and fairies and finding your true love and it's really different it's really this 
feeling of forever and how you just you don't when you're in the midst of it you don't think it's ever gonna get better yeah it's it's sad yeah um because then she goes in more detail in verse two um, where she sings, hey, December, guess I'm feeling unmoored. Can't remember what I used to fight for. I rewind the tapes, but all it does is pause. On the very moment, all was lost, sending signals to be double-crossed. Mm. I think it's interesting thinking about 2020 and um, especially the election around it because Taylor Swift admittedly has avoided talking about politics and then suddenly realized she needed to talk about politics and she... In Miss Americana, you see her start gunning for um, the Tennessee election and expecting things to change because so much positive stuff happened around it where she was, or the 2018 election, um, where she was able to get so many people registered and she felt like she was doing something. And then, and then you know, as she talks about in Only the Young, the bad guys win. And, um, and I think that was a similar feeling with the November election, like that feeling of, oh my gosh, can I have hope about this? Can I have faith that something good will happen when something bad happened last time? Mm-hmm. And so in November, you have that that tension. And then in Hey December, it's like, okay, it did go okay, but I'm still feeling like unmoored. I can't figure out like okay, how, so what I used to fight for. Unmoored. Let's get a definition of that because... And all these new Taylor Swift songs, I feel like I need to open up a dictionary and <laughs> really learn yeah. what what this is. You know, yeah. so this is our Swiftish word of of the day <laughs> of the week. Unmoored. When you first heard that, were you go like what? What did you think? What? Why? Where did your mind go? What did it mean to you? Well, unmoored literally means like a ship has um, mm-hmm. is no longer tied to its. Uh, to, it's unanchored. Yeah, it's unanchored. It's not. It's not tied down. It's. It's kind of without trajectory and, and lost. And I feel like that's used a lot in literature um, to talk about this, like feeling of whoa, like what is? Where am I? Like I've lost my foundation. I'm not like tied up where I need to be. I don't have the support that I usually need, mm-hmm. and it's this feeling of lost and and kind of. Um, you're uncertain. You don't yeah. have a lot of confidence. It's kind of like yeah. the waves are taking you wherever they're going to yeah. take you. You can't really be sure about where you're going or how you can should act or, or behave. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I did not. I've These words I don't use in my like everyday vocabulary. Oh, yeah. It's a very limited vocabulary for me. So when I'm listening <laughs> to Taylor, I'm like, okay, I need to look at this. And after having KP on our episode last week, I was like, okay, I need to be better at learning <laughs> things. And, you know, these. and yeah. she, she defines a lot of words for her listeners. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to define this not for our listeners, but for myself. Like, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> of course. I mean, I think like KP mentioned, there is a lot of ship imagery in oh, yeah. the album, but especially in this song. And, um, and I think like mooring is, you know, you're, you're attached, you're, your boat's made fast. It's attached. It's, it's in a safe space. It's, it's where it needs to be. And so when you're feeling unmoored, it's like, wow, you're not where you're supposed to be. And where are you going? You don't know mm-hmm. because you have no real control over it anymore. And I think um, that's also a very tangible imagery of anxiety, of depression, of feeling like, wait, where, what happened here? Like, I'm not... I'm not sure when this happened, but I'm not feeling as secure as I have in my past. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's what she holds on to because she sings like, oh, I I can't remember what I used to fight for. And I think that's a really realistic 
phase of depression, which is losing that, that fight. You no longer mm-hmm. have the energy to flame a fire, but instead you're kind of just like staring at the ashes of it all, wondering what yeah. to do with it. Yeah. And, and she um, talks how she says, I rewind the tape and all I do yeah. is pause. Like when she's trying to remember what she, she's fighting for, she's like, let's think about like the good times. Let's think about like what's, what's good, what I should be really fighting for. Let remind myself of, you know, there is hope. And as she says, I love, this is my, probably my favorite line in the whole, the whole song is I rewind the tape, but all it does is pause because she's trying to fight for this remembrance of how, of hope and life. And then yeah. this, her mind, which is the tape can only like fix on you know the bad stuff that's happening and she can't mm-hmm. really like see above this this cloudy gray november december feeling that she has yeah and i mean i think it is interesting because inarguably probably in my opinion the mm-hmm. the nail in the coffin for taylor in the 2016 debacle was this like snapchat gate and yeah. the release of these edited tapes and um kim kardashian sharing clips that you know, that Taylor obsessed over and tried to figure out how to respond to. And she had her reality, but then there was this this reality that we were given of this visual of Taylor having this conversation. And and I think I think that must have been like a really traumatizing gaslighting experience for her because it's like, this isn't the full story, but anything I say just draws more attention to this part of the story and it does become hard to kind of claw her way out of that narrative and I think that's what's so interesting about this idea of of all it does is pause sending signals to be double crossed like that's the logical pattern of this line is that her act of rewinding the tapes pausing the tapes is sending the signal to be double crossed and I think that is like something she struggled with is this idea that she she wanted to trust and believe in a relationship with Kanye in a, in a positive experience. And like in the, in the full tape, you can hear Taylor be like, wow, like, thanks for talking to me. Like I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't know how to process this. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I should still say thank you though for calling me. And, and I think that's interesting to feel her kind of work through that. Wow. I, I gave permission to be double crossed almost like Mm -hmm. feeling that sort of, I should have handled this differently, but why is it my responsibility to make other people behave well? Yeah. And I think it's like, it's interesting very to polite. see that through that. Yeah. <laughs> and just that, from. that whole experience, I feel like would be very hard to move on from. Not because it's like, I was caught in a lie or like how unfair that Kim was rude to me. It's like that experience of having a conversation that one you don't know is being recorded and two that you Mm -hmm. think went differently and three obsessing over like oh why didn't I stand up for myself like why didn't I say this made me uncomfortable like why did I work so hard to make sure I looked like the nice girl the cool girl like all these obsessive tendencies that I think women deal with a lot and feeling walked over and not sure if you gave permission to be walked on in the first Mm -hmm. place and I think that's sort of an interesting angle to look at this verse with Oh, yeah. Um, And so then she sings another chorus where she says, And I was catching my breath, barefoot in the wildest winter, catching my death. And I couldn't be so sure. I had a feeling so peculiar that this pain would be forevermore. And so the only difference here is instead of catching my breath, um, staring out the window, she's now outside. She's barefoot in the wildest winter. And I think that's interesting that things escalate again, where she's like, Mm -hmm wow like I'm this is an even more dangerous 
place I'm in where I'm numbing even faster. Like I'm physically in danger now, <laughs> catching my death. And she's like, I feel like this will be forever more. Um, and this is when Bo- Bon Iver comes in. Oh, and this is part where like your little, sometimes when you first <laughs> listen to the song, even now, I know Justin Vernon is in the song. But yeah. when the song starts, I'm like, oh, I just get lost in like Taylor's melody yeah. and her voice. And I kind of forget that, I know you, you always <laughs> tuned the song on being like please Justin don't start <laughs> but I forget Justin's on it yeah. and then he comes up I'm like oh ooh, with his falsetto yeah. high voice a hundred percent it's always there's always a moment where I'm like what what's happening and I have yeah, to yeah. recenter in the song um she, Taylor Swift talks about this change though too where she said to Zane Lowe she said um Justin wrote this beautiful clutter of all the anxieties in your head and all speaking at once. And so that's sort of the idea they went for with this bridge, which starts with just Justin Vernon and then comes in with Justin Vernon and Taylor Swift. And so the first part um, Boney Bear sings is can't not think of all the cost and the things that will be lost. Oh, can we just get a pause to be certain we'll be tall again, whether weather be the frost or the violence of the dog days, I'm on waves out being tossed. Is there a line that I could just go across? And this is packed with a lot of interesting Mm -hmm. imagery. And as she said, like this is a part that Justin Vernon wrote in particular. It does mirror a lot of the writing technique you see in Boney Vare, where it's a lot of, metaphor and <laughs> layers yeah. and okay what are we talking about here um, yeah a lot to sift through yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's it's interesting um he starts off with this double negative where he's like can't not think of yeah. all the cost <laughs> yeah. and um and the things that will be lost and I think that's that's a fair that does feel like anxiety to me where it's like I can't not think about this like I, I know mm-hmm. I shouldn't I know I'm supposed to let go but I like I'm obsessed with this right now and I can't stop. And then um, I like uh, um, whether, whether be the frost because he's saying whether or not weather, you know? Yeah. Weather, <laughs> uh, weather. Yeah. Weather, <laughs> two different weathers happening here, which is a fun play in the English language. But um, I think he's also, it's this beautiful image where he's like, whether weather be the frost or the violence of the dog days, um, dog days has always meant sort of this like peak at the hottest time of the year. Um, so usually the summer. And so there is this like idea that it could be literal, whether that's, you know, dealing with the summer of 2016 and all, I mean, uh, and all Taylor Swift went through or dealing with the summer of 2020 and the, everything the world went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's singing like, is it this, is it this cold? Like, weather this literal cold that's making us depressed or is it actually not is it actually like the opposite where this like heat of this tension of this summer of this of this painful period making us sad yeah um one thing that like you know she's screaming in her face during this album we we all know it like tis the damn season is that this is a winter album yeah (laughs) that's exactly where where our mindset is going and I, even in the winter, when we had back, you know, back in December, back to December, you yeah. know, Biden ha- was elected. There was that that hope, but we were still so like just exhausted and depressed from everything that happened in 
the summer of 2020 with George Floyd, with, you know, all these riots that were happening and a lot of a division within our country. And I think this bridge definitely takes you there because we're in December and we know there's hope. And I feel like this, this written by Justin, he, he, he gives you hope. He's like, can we pause? Can we like, can we be certain we're going to be tall again? You know, can I go, can I, what can I do to fix that? Whereas Taylor in the last two verses is really just in the depths of despair. Can't even think of this pain ever going away. And then Justin with his voice and with his bridge is kind of like, all these things are wrong, but what can I do to fix them? Like, w- like, is there something I can do? Like, Interesting. Will, will it get better? Yeah. I always felt like he was the more anxious one. Really? Um, Cause I, yeah. Cause he's, he's talking about, about, you know, can I have a pause can, to be certain that it'll be tall again? He's not saying it'll never be tall again. Like, yeah. So I, I kind of read it that way. Yeah. That makes sense. I just feel like it's more like, oh my gosh, can I just get a break? Like, I'm so yeah. tired. I can't handle this anymore. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. overwhelmed by this over yeah. and over and over again. You're probably and right. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think I'm right. I just think that's, it's interesting to see what we pulled because I do feel like mm-hmm. that's a train of thought that I always have is just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't, I don't have hope anymore because it's just like, I can't catch a break. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's something that, I related to, but I can totally see your perspective too, where it does feel like he's being like, okay, like let's take a moment, pause and like, (laughs) we'll figure this out. Um, I'm just thinking of like December where everyone's like, you're still despaired, but you're like, okay, things can, will will they, can they? Uh, I can't think about, I can think about all the the terrible stuff, but can they get better? My December was like, wow, I don't, this still isn't going to get better. <laughs> and I think it leads into the second bridge where, yeah. cause I think this, my, this thought process of mine really extends yeah, into this sure. bridge with Taylor and Justin. So and that's yeah. where I just like pulled this whole like stream of thought through this yeah. like two part bridge. So let me read Taylor's lines and then I'll read Justin's lines. It's, it's confusing. Cause it's confusing <laughs> and it's very layered and, and they're talking over each other, each singing a different perspective. And it's almost mm-hmm. like, these anxieties are ricocheting off of each other in different ways that allows them to kind of have this freeing discovery in the end. So Taylor's part, she sings, and when I was shipwrecked, I thought of you. In the cracks of light, I dreamed of you. It was real enough to get me through. I swear you were there. And Justin Vernon, meanwhile, is singing, can't think of all the costs, all the things that will be lost now. Can we just get a pause to be certain we'll be tall again? If you think of all the costs, whether weather be the frost or the violence of the dog days or the violence of the dog days, I'm on waves out being tossed, out on waves being tossed. Is there a line that we could just go across? And so to me, that's why I feel like he's the more representative of anxious thoughts. Mm -hmm. And yep. Taylor's allowed to take a moment for whatever reason here. And she's able to identify the thought, acknowledge the thought, and let the thought go, which is an exercise in cognitive therapy that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is very familiar to me. Like, she's able to allow these these anxieties to exist, but not overwhelm her anymore. And instead, she's able to focus on the reality, which is this this person, this hope, this dream um that she that was real enough to get her through and she's like I swear you were there and that is when I was able to like catch my breath Mm -hmm. I think Justin's voice also symbolizes that crack of light you know Mm -hmm. because he has this uh, this really like falsetto 
high-pitched sound. And that's mm-hmm. kind of at the same point where Taylor is like, oh, okay, but this is what got me through. I thought of you. There was there was a crack in the light. I dreamed of you. Mm-hmm. And I got through. I, I yeah. got there. I, d- I agree because he also does this double layer where – I mean, first of all, he changes from the double negative where he's like, can't not think of all the costs. And here he says, can't think of all the costs, which Mm -hmm. I do feel like is representative of that, of that discovery of letting go and, um, and realizing like, oh, I can't obsess over this because Mm -hmm. then he layers up. If you think of all the costs or the violence of the dog days, I'm on the waves out being tossed. And those are sort of the three lines that he repeats over himself in a slight mm-hmm. variation and and I think that is saying like okay if, if you think of all the costs like this is what you're going to lose like you're going to be obsessed over this you're going to be lost in this you're going to never be able to get over this and you're going to be on these waves being tossed so let's just like not <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think that's a good it's a good message too is like you can't obsess over these you can't you can't spend your entire life thinking about these fears and anxieties and mistakes and regrets and whatever it is. But I think she does a good job at addressing the fact that like, I can tell you I'm out of like, I'm not in a depressive state right now, but I have been. And you could be in the depths of despair and I could be like, it'll get better. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And I think she does a good job in the first two verses really addressing that like, you it's okay to be in that that yeah. spot where things aren't going to get better they probably will but like you can just sometimes you just need to wallow in your your despair and really just yeah. feel it and even if you're not wallowing like even if you're not choosing yeah. to be in that space yeah yeah it's still yeah, okay definitely I'm not like I'm not that sounds bad like oh you're choosing to do it oh no but like no. it's okay mean, to yeah I agree. I, I sometimes I see great value in uh, in wallowing at some points, but I think there's mm-hmm. there's two ways. Yeah, I'm I'm not yes. disagreeing with you or correcting you. I I just oh also please do because I use the wrong I use the wrong phrases all the time. Uh, sometimes no. it's like I don't think that means what you think it means. I'm like oh, it means this. He's like no, it's the exact opposite of that. <laughs> no, but I I feel like both are true, and I like that this then ends in this sort of slow down where the crescendo just abruptly stops and she's able to find that that light at the end of the tunnel this you were there mm-hmm. and um and she sings the final chorus where she says and I was catching my breath staring out an open window catching my death and I couldn't be sure I had a feeling so peculiar that this pain wouldn't be forevermore evermore this pain wouldn't be forevermore and so she flips it where she switches from it would be evermore to realizing like, oh, maybe this won't be forevermore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a a beautiful note to end on, obviously. But I also like that she talked about with Zane Lowe that hearing Justin's bridge that he wrote about like, oh, like, can't think of all this cost. Like, oh, I'm on waves being tossed. It inspired her to add this idea of this like shipwrecked um imagery and that's something she's had quite a bit I mean she in her poems around the reputation release she talked about being drowning in the water and then and then realizing like oh there was this I don't remember the exact line but there's this person beside her and that she, that's how she's able to get out and then in the cardigan music video she's like drowning in this 
rough sea and she holds mm-hmm. on to the piano and she's able to like find her way back that way. And I think it's important that she chooses the same imagery here where she's like, okay, I was shipwrecked, but I thought of you and I was able to pull through. And, um, and I think that's, that's an important image to her that she keeps revisiting. Mm-hmm. I also, so the totally random thought, the way she says peculiar, mm-hmm. the way she sings it, I'm like, wait, how is peculiar spelt? Because she, <laughs> it's just like, she uses all these different like inflections peculiar. and up and down. It's like peculiar. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't, I, I love it. I love the way she sings it, but when I can never sing it along with her because I don't know like where she's, what she, what vowels she's using in this like yeah. aspect. It's, but that's just my random thought that I, no, it's a, it's, it's, she does a lot with her mouth on this album, I feel like. That's what she said. She said, yeah. she could have said that too. <laughs> but um, I also like this, this final image where, you know, we again find her catching her breath, staring out an open window, uh-huh. catching her breath. And she addresses that with staying low where she said, yeah, it's like that feeling where you're walking barefoot, middle of winter, standing on a balcony, letting icy wind hit you and you're catching your death. But then in that last chorus, the person comes inside again and it's finally warm and finally safe. And that's when she's able to be like, oh, I have a feeling so peculiar that this pain won't be forevermore. Yeah, she's not catching her death anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So powerful stuff. I really like I, I really like the the song. Um should we get into these final yes. questions? Do it. Let's do it. Okay, the tailor of it all. What's the most Taylor Swift line here for you? Oh, I love I rewind the tape, but all it mm. does is pause. It's just very descriptive. It just says a lot about her life where she was and 2016 and relates really hard to 2022 2020 as well not 2022 yeah um but i love that Maybe. line <laughs> yeah no. what about you for you um i was torn on a couple but i do feel like the more taylor swift line for me is um now i can't decide i was hoping i'd be inspired by it <laughs> Oh. <laughs> my final <laughs> I, I do feel like I I'm drawn to this idea of sending signals to be double crossed I don't mm. know if I'd say it's the Taylor Swift line because it does feel distinct in a way where it feels like a lesson learned for her finally where she's like oh maybe I was like doing maybe I was a part of this problem like this narrative where where I was inviting this same sort of like ricochet on me and I think it's interesting to watch her start to process that because obviously this is why we can't have nice things. I forgot that you existed. Like all of reputation is a lot of this like snarky clap back. That's like, I'm unbothered, even though she clearly is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to see her process through these two albums where she's allowed to write beyond her personal life that she's like, Oh, there is a way for me to exist without needing this sort of, um, pointing fingers type of narrative. So I liked that. I liked that yeah. journey for her. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Because she goes from being like, it's okay to feel like she, it's not the satirical mm-hmm. reaction that we've been getting for the past few eras. So I kind of like yeah. that she's in her feels here and she's really like being raw. Yeah. And I think enough time has passed where she can be like, okay, yeah, it did affect me. It did. Yeah. And it's okay that it affected me. It's yeah. okay to, to be depressed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Easter egg hunt. Okay, so this was really hard for me because it's not as, like, 
stand out as like the one or all you know have all these lyrics so one thing that i really liked what she did was at the beginning of the song she sings about i replay my footsteps on each stepping stone and a lot of people have referred you know stepping stone cobblestones Mm. back to like 1989 era a lot Mm. of the poems she's written about being like cracked on the ground so that was like 2016 and at the very end you have floors of cabin creaking under my my step and that really brings me to you know to willow and to Mm. cardigan to 2020 where we are now and she talks about like you said in zane about how it was really a song that connects the 2020 uh, feeling with her 2016 mm-hmm. depression. And I feel like those two lines she she opens it up with with you know 2016 and closes it with 2020. Yes, I like that. I similarly I felt like I love when she puts in literal timestamps and the mm-hmm. hey November December shoutouts is an easy way to allow us to like center ourselves on where she is literally because it it tells us where she is literally. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, okay. Final score. Um, Great writing. I really think it's such mm-hmm. a great writing, but because of the listen for me and how I, I'm, I, and I'll give it a B minus because mm. I really like Taylor Swift's spot part. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Bonavir <laughs> just kind of like takes me out of that that, yeah. that trance that I'm in. So B That's minus. Fair. I have to explain why, but B minus. <laughs> You're writing notes in the margin, like be better. I, you know, be j- Bon, be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, bon, um, I gave it an A minus. I think it's grown on me in a way mm-hmm. where I respect Bonavir's part, but it took a lot of listens for me to get there. I think um, you listen to more of his music, and then maybe it'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um is it making the set list? I mean, no. Oh, okay. It's a bit down. Yeah. And I'm, whenever I think of Taylor Swift's concerts, it's like energy pumping, fueling. It would be interested. I'd be very interested to see how she like maybe mashes this up with another song, but no. I think I think it will be. I Okay. I can see it not, but I have a if feeling it's the so peculiar. Evermore tour, yeah. <laughs> then Evermore would be on it. It depends on what – it really depends on the tour. Like I said, yeah, if it's like course. a coffee house tour, like, yeah. But, <laughs> but if, I feel like she'd, do, she'd give this a moment like she did New Year's Day or something, which obviously is a more yeah. happy song, but this song ends on a hopeful note, and I feel like she's proud of some of the lyrics here, and um, yeah, and I think she'd work it in somehow. Only if Bon Iver is not there. He <laughs> yeah, can be there for I mean, exile. that's the thing is he probably wouldn't be. So he, it's, it'll be, be a dream come exile. true. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. I'm so bad. <laughs> um, well, did we have any tea time? Um, mm, I know this I, episode's going long anyways. So. Yeah, I don't think so. We talked about everything relevant in the first taste of yeah. nation yeah. i don't have any conspiracies i don't have any tea time nothing to slap your face with. all quiet on the swifty front but um I mean, it's always busy there but nothing else yeah. to like, talk about <laughs> yeah, oh oh yes one thing the all-knower oh are yeah. you aware of who the uh, are you aware of the all-knowers account i mean i've heard of it and he like or they posted that everyone's says he released this chapter um yeah. and that turned out to be right so and then he went. Then he disabled his account. Oh, he did. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know if it's up as of right now, but as of the, like 
around that time he disabled his account and people thought that like Tree or Taylor got to him. <laughs> a lot of people giving him like a bunch of hate. It was kind of like, do you remember that one account that we I used to follow in like 2017, 2018 who would like give spoilers on like every single celebrity around? Yeah. Kind of like that, but with like Taylor Swift specifically and then a few other stars. So he yeah. got disabled. Um, I don't know if he's back, but conspiracy yeah i mean obviously i don't i think it's easy for things to leak in the industry even with someone as tight-lipped as taylor um and that was like a sort of non-reveal it's like okay this is the last thing i want is one of these chapters (laughs) i know like oh that's exciting i mean did i appreciate that she called it halfway out the door or whatever like yeah that's i love a salty taylor moment yeah um but i still don't understand these chapters and i never will so I don't really I didn't want to follow them anymore because I was like well this takes the fun out of stuff so I don't so I don't follow the all-knower but I have I follow people who follow the all-knower and I can repeat tweet or be like oh my gosh where is he and so then I went to his account and I was like "Mm, okay he's gone (laughs) well good for you because I followed him for a hot minute why do I keep saying to him? I don't know. Everyone says him. Like, yeah. I don't know if there's a tweet out there that he says he's a guy, but every tweet that I've seen referring to his pronouns have said him, he, him. Well, I don't know I don't what know. that says about us in our patriarchal society, but <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we got to do this song. Um, Hopefully we'll have, I don't know, something new to report. I I'm, and for people who are like, well, you don't need to tell Taylor what to do. Like, she's already done so much for us. Like, obviously, I get it. But she's also been teasing 1989 for, like, seven years now. So, like, come on. Let me have this. <laughs> yeah. Come on. But um, for everyone listening, you can find us on our socials at Switchish Podcast on Instagram, SwitchishPod13 on Twitter. Um, we have our Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Swiftish Podcast. And it's a lot of fun, fun stuff yeah. happening there. More yeah. stuff every day, it seems. More stuff. People chat, chat, chat. We're Right yeah. now, we're just doing a, a book club. The last yes. love letter from my lover. I've been saying it wrong <laughs> for the past ever. I'm like, the last love letter from my lover. Um, yeah. But so we're, we're reading that book right now. And then we're also just chatting on our Discord page. Yes. Which has been dream fun. come true every time. And you get to see our beautiful faces on video. So, But until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, um, we'll be here forever more, so. <laughs> Can't get rid of us. Yeah. <laughs>